0: Well, hey, friends, welcome to today's episode of Enough for Today for Thursday, November the 3rd. Thanks for joining me. We are in Psalm 65, and I want to read the first five verses. Our focus today is on verse 5. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me as for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Now, here's our focus today. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are far off upon the sea. Now, this is a dense verse. There's a lot of really important things in this verse. So let's break it down. And let's take it big concept one big concept at a time. First of all, by terrible things. What? in the world. Why would we want God to answer our prayer with terrible things? Because that's what David says. Well, the word terrible here, in um, in this version, in the Elizabethan world, terrible, terrible today just means horrifying, terrifying. We think of, uh, you know, something that's incredibly frightening. But this is kind of a neutral word with a spectrum of emotions that it can invoke. So it can mean to be afraid or frightened or to revere or respect. It can mean to be awesome or to be dreadful. So you see a spectrum of meaning here and really uh, in God and his very person and power. To some, he's absolutely terrifying because he's a vindicator, he's a judge, he's holy. But to those who know him that have been saved, that have placed their faith and trust in him, to those who can say he's the God of our salvation, like David says in the rest of the verse, he is awesome and reverential and he is amazing. So this word terrible has a vast you know, range of meanings. In terrible things, in righteousness. Now this is a quantifier. This is important. Righteous. All of God's terrible things, all of God's awesomeness is also righteous. So whatever God does that's amazing, that's fearsome, that's awesome, that's uh, huge in scope and magnitude uh, and awe-inspiring, reverence-inspiring, all these things are righteous. He's perfect. He's pure. He's holy. So he is always leading us in paths of righteousness. Now, we can understand that on a global sense, that what God is doing in the world is um, what looks to be terrible in magnitude is ultimately going to be righteous in its outcomes and its reasons and uh, in its sense of justice. But personally in my life, I can say that whatever God is doing in my life, whatever is uh, scary to me, whatever is awesome to me, whatever is overwhelming to me in sense, um, it is righteous. My father is leading me through these paths and it doesn't have to overcome me because he's doing these things in righteousness. Now, but look at the terrible things in righteousness. They are answers to prayers. by terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us. So the sense here is that our prayers move heaven in powerful, mighty, amazing, awe-inspiring ways. So your prayers make a difference in the movement of righteousness in the world. And then it says, O God of our salvation. So What a beautiful reference. This is a wonderful title of God. He is the God who saves me. He is the God who my total faith is in. My church does not save me. My priest or pastor does not save me. My baptism and goodness and ceremonial, ritualistic, religiosity does not save me. God is the God of my salvation. He, through Jesus, went to the cross and atoned for my sins and rose again. The work was done by Him completely. And my faith and trust is in him. Now, my friend, that's what it means to say you are the God of my salvation. My trust and faith is in you. And if you've never made that decision, if this devotion comes to you today, you've never made that decision, then make it now. Place your faith in Jesus Christ and declare him to be the God of your salvation. Well, then David has a semicolon here and he says, Who art the confidence of? of all the ends of the earth. The word confidence here is a great word in scripture. It means security, trust, or confidence. It means to place your total trust, to be in total rest upon this person, to have absolute 100% security and assurance. And when you say that someone across town or my neighbor or somebody in my church, I have confidence in that person, that's a wonderful thing, but it's also a fragile thing because As human beings, we can break confidence. We can hurt each other's confidence. We can lose confidence in each other. But when your confidence is in Jesus Christ, that is a steady, sure rock. That is a strong foundation. That is a refuge and a security and a stability that will never shake. It will never come undone. It will never fall or fail. Uh, Your confidence can stand and rest secure, absolutely secure, in Jesus Christ. So, this God, is the confidence of who, of all the ends of the earth, and of them that are afar off upon the sea? So, uh, David references two people, two groups of people, those that span all the earth. So that's everybody, and and for some reason he highlights especially those that are in the shipping trade, that are those that are on the sea, and I think notoriously that trade was unpredictable and dangerous. And we're gonna see here um, the storms and the noise and the waves and the tumult. So David had in mind uh, those that are journeying. Okay, those and remember the psalm starts with those coming to Jerusalem, praise waits for thee in Zion, the vow will be performed. These are people journeying to Jerusalem for a feast to um, have a grand family reunion and probably the festival uh, of uh, of tabernacles, the feast of tabernacles, festival of tents. Um, the end of the harvest because the rest of the psalm talks about all the harvest that God's brought. And so look at the holistic, the comprehensive view of this psalm. People are journeying to Jerusalem, and some of them are taking ships from different places, different parts of the world. And their confidence is in God. He's going to take them safely on their journey. Now there's a there's a there's a New Testament takeaway here, and that is that God's mission and message has always been to the whole world. He's always wanted everybody on the planet to have access to him and to be able to know him and to be brought into his sheepfold as we studied uh, Sunday in John 10. So that speaks to our mission again that we are God's people magnifying God to the world today just as ancient Israel was on mission to magnify him to the world. Aren't you glad you serve a God who answers our prayers with terrible awesome answers in righteousness He's the God of our salvation and he's our great confidence today. So my friend, think on these things. We'll pick it up in verse six tomorrow. Have a great day.